What's up, everybody? If you haven't already, I want you to go over to Twitter, follow my podcast page at DLo Speaks, and I want to thank y'all for tuning in. What's up, everybody? It's been a minute since I've done a podcast, but hey, today I'm back. First things first, I hope everybody is being safe from this whole pandemic, this whole COVID-19. Hope y'all sanitizing yourself, washing your hands, practicing social distancing. Like, y'all have to do the whole nine yards because people out here is real nasty. They slack. They don't care about the next person. They just spreading germs. So I hope that y'all are practicing all the things that you need to when it comes to that. Um, But I do want to get into that just a little bit. Because I know a lot of people probably was thinking like, dang, this came out the middle of nowhere. And you know a lot of people have their um, opinions on it. Me personally, I just think that the government was trying to do a whole population control. And you know, they they wanted to depopulate. And by doing that, they created this virus. And then it got out of hand. And now that it got out of hand, they don't know what to do. They all looking dumbfounded. The doctors don't have the proper equipment to make sure these people are okay. All they doing is checking them out, testing them, seeing whether they come up positive with the coronavirus, sending them home, tell them to quarantine themselves for X amount of days, and then you think that it's over. It's not. And if you ask me, I feel like this is putting people further into poverty and causing them to lose out on their jobs because jobs have to be laid off and they can't make money. Of course, they filing for unemployment, but how long is the unemployment going to last? Not only that, with with the unemployment, you only get it for a certain amount of months or weeks or whatever the case is. Once it run out, Who's to say that this virus is going to be completely gone where these jobs can open back up? So everybody got to, you know, just think about all of that type stuff. And, you know, if you have the money saved up or whatever the case is, and you have the opportunity to pay your bills, please do so. Don't wait on that stimulus check because that stimulus check ain't nothing but a loan. And somehow you're going to have to pay it back. They might not send you something in the mail and say, hey, you need to pay this back or the IRS is going to take your money or whatever the case is. But them people going to get their money back. Best believe that. So don't just, you know, if you can do it, pay your bills and call it a day. Um, but, yeah, that's just my take on it. Um, moving along. Not much has been happening in the music world, but... There was a couple of things that happened, you know, over Twitter. You know, it's just a good debate. That's it. No hard feelings, no personal attacks, nothing like that. But before I get into that, I want everybody to go to Twitter and go follow my other podcast that I be on with two other people. Um, Rich and Erica are their names. Um, you could f- listen to an episode and get their, you know, at names. Cause I, I can't really remember it right off the top of my head, but 
y'all can follow the podcast page at Agenda Vocal. And, you know, we are kind of like transitioning into something new. We're going to try it out. Um, Can't really go too much into details about it because we haven't really tried it yet. We just going to see whether it works. But the app is called Podbean. P-O-D as in dog. B as in boy. E-A-N. And it allows us to do like, you know, live um, podcasting or whatever the case is where y'all could just like interact with us or if you want to be on the um the episode or whatever you could be a call in so you know stay tuned for that and don't forget to just go and follow us on twitter at agenda vocal and if you do want to be a call in whenever we do test it out and get it up and running just dm one of us which we will provide our um at names and my personal at name on twitter is ask me sucker so you can always dm me um and say hey i want to be on um, vocal agenda podcast with y'all or whatever the case is once we get it set up you can come in you can be a call in whatever the case is comment live down below whatever um yeah so i'll be right back with my next topic okay i'm back so like i said previously there has not been much stuff going on when it came to music. Um, you know, of course, people are dropping music here and there, but you know, it's not a it's not enough talks. So, maybe last week, I believe, the week before, whenever it was, I made a tweet basically about R and B and who do we think like who do we think are artists or artists with you know, parentheses S that are holding up R&B right now or, you know, sticking true to the genre, etc. And if it's anybody that, you know, people may not have heard of or need to listen to, you know, drop it down below in my comments. So, of course, I would say for me, when it comes to R&B, you know, it, it has changed over the years. Yes. Right now, if you look at R&B, and for me, when it comes to the men in R&B, it's not much of them that I know about, but I do try to find them. But right now, the women are sticking out more. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's just me. And I feel like Ari Lennox, her... Snow Allegra and Summer Walker are like really sticking out right now. You know, they the talk of the town. So, you know, I feel as though all four of those women are sticking true to the genre. And one of my mutuals comment was like, you know, he felt like Ari Lennox was the only one that stick to, to stick true to the genre and she's holding and upholding it herself and all this other stuff. I mean, he didn't say specifically herself, but the way that the, the tweet was worded, that's what that was his, his that's what he was insinuating. So, you know, I I looked at it and I was like, nah, I can't agree with this. And that's because the four women that I named, you know, they all have that they're they're sticking to, true to the genre. 
And, you know, for me, they all, you could tell that they have this soul within them, within their voice. And, you know, they're doing what R&B is or was, or at least trying to get it back to that point. Um, so, you know, we just kind of like disagreed the whole time. And we, I mean, we did agree on one thing that we felt as though Ari Lennox vocally was better than Summer Snow and her. And, you know, which I still feel that way, but out of all of them, even though Ari is stronger vocally, I do feel like her is like in the running. And that's because regardless to listening to her on, you know, just regular songs or whatever the case is, when she do live performances, like it's like her voice, her vocal, uh, I guess you could say ability goes to the next level from if it was on her songs. Like, of course, when you go live, you got to do it better than what you portrayed in your songs. So, you know, that was just my take on it. But he felt as though Ari was the only one that could be, I guess, crowned for what she do because of her range you know, from the different genre that she did before she even stepped into the R&B side, you know, her doing her covers and all that other stuff, which is okay. Never denied it, never made it seem like, you know, that wasn't what it was. I just personally felt like all four of those women are sticking true to R&B and, you know, they doing, they're doing the genre justice. But then we ended up disagreeing and they felt like Ari was a vocalist and the others were not. And they couldn't stand up to the R&B singers from back in the day as if we were speaking on Whitney, um, Patty, SWV, Escape, Invoke, etc, etc. And again, I still feel like that's not true. Um... Because even with Ari Lennox, even though she may be vocally strong out of the other three women, however, I still feel as though she still have to show that she could be in the running with the women before her. And that's because, one, she's still kind of practically new, like everybody else, which all four of them are, and they still have to show their vocal ability. It doesn't just stop where they're at now like you still can elevate your voice look how Beyonce did what she did with her voice like I love Beyonce voice and you know I just feel like when it comes to being a vocalist it doesn't just stop at you and your range it's a lot that goes behind trying to be a good vocalist like you of course you have to have the range the versatility you have to have great breath control you have to be able like you have to know how to be able to sing in different tunes of course you have to you have to know your voice to not be pitchy um you have to know you know different singing notes you have to make sure that you can train your voice properly to handle certain songs or or certain notes 
so that you don't be pitchy or that your voice doesn't crack or if you don't damage your vocal um, cords because they're real brittle. So, you know, it's just a lot that goes in it. And I just feel like, you know, with those four women, they still have a chance to show how much they could be in vocalist conversations. However, I still feel as though those four women are sticking true to R&B. And there's, you know, for the men, there's a lot of them too. But I can't really name a lot of them like... I do like Brent Fiaz. I do like Division. Um, I do like Lucky Day. Um, it's this guy that I was just um, listening to. Somebody brought him to my attention. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but I know it starts with an M. Um, if I find it again, you can always look on my personal page because you'll see me tweeting stuff about different R&B artists most of the time because all I do is listen to music so it'll come up again um and you know just whoever I run across when it comes to R&B for the men um but I do just I I feel like R&B has lost its touch because at one point um you know it's just it, it had balance. It mixed with hip-hop. You know, hip-hop's um, rappers was hopping on these tracks with R&B singers. R&B singers was hopping on tracks with hip-hop artists. And, you know, it was balanced. Like, you could feel the music at that time. Now, it's like, where do we go? And it seems like a bunch of people who are doing R&B music or who is just out here singing... They don't really show what they could do with their voice. It's like they're scared to jump out of their comfort zone. And the same thing applies when it comes to um, hip-hop or rap or whatever the case is. It's like everybody is comfortable where they're at. Nobody is wanting to take risks. And I feel as though at this point in time, with the way that music is going... Everybody is under quarantine. Like, we're looking for something new. We're looking for something fresh. Give it to us. Step outside your comfort zone for a minute. Like, just show us what you could do. And I feel as though if we could get that, maybe music would get back to what it's supposed to be. I feel as though it is getting back to what it's supposed to be. But, hey, you know, sometimes it takes time. Maybe this quarantine will make everybody want to get in the booth. And, you know release something that's worth listening to and that's no shade to nobody but you know just give it give us some good quality music um but yeah you know that was just my take on the whole r&b topic and again you know it wasn't as if we was just bashing each other but you know that's just something we disagreed on um but when it comes to r&b you know Hopefully, we can get back to how it was before. Maybe a lot of the OGs need to come out and drop an album or whatever the case is. But, you know, hey, the children within this culture or generation or whatever you want to call it are controlling who gets accepted when it comes to music or who should be listened to. You know, the children right now, they 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 taking over that. So, yeah, that's that on that. Moving on. So, I don't know what it is. Niggas out here really bored 
this quarantine thing really has them bored to the next level. And of course, every time you look, Nikki is being teamed, well not teamed up, but she's being put up against another female rapper. Now, with Nikki being put against these people, that just goes to show that Nikki is the standard. So yesterday, there was this whole debate where somebody made a tweet basically saying that Missy was, well, okay, scratch that. Everybody know that the producers like Timbaland and Swiss Beats or whatever, they was doing their whole battle thing, seeing who had the bigger hits, blah, blah, blah. So that's what it steamed, um, steamed from. Being that it um, steamed, stemmed. Being that it stemmed from that, they said that Missy versus Nikki, they felt like Missy had the better hits, I'm guessing. And then it turned from that to like saying Mickey, Mickey, <laughs> Missy's. <laughs> they said that Missy's catalog was better than Nikki's. Now, this is what I want people to understand. First of all, when you get, when you have different eras of music, you're going to have different classics. That's number one. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a fact. You're going to have different classics in different eras. And you're going to have classics that are timeless and won't ever go away. That's just how music is. And you have to be a certain type artist with a certain type passion that could create a hit or a classic. So with that being said, some nigga named Low, I don't even know the rest of his at name, but I'm pretty sure everybody, you know, is pretty familiar with it because he was on the TL, you know, just debating with a bunch of the barbs and having little side conversations with people who was also Nikki haters. But at the end of the day, let's just make one thing clear. If, if I'm a fan of an artist, I'm going to defend them the way that I want to defend them. If I say that I feel as though Missy, yes, she has hits, but you cannot tell me that Nikki cannot compete with her just because you don't like them. I'm a fan of both women. I don't stand people. I, I'm just a fan. The whole stand life, I'm not a part of it because I don't fit the requirements. I don't have time for the extraness behind it. Just let me be a fan and keep it moving. So, of course, they were throwing different things out and didn't have no proof to back it up. And eventually, the response was, oh, you and Nikki stand." That's all I needed to know. This conversation over, blah, 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 blah. Nigga, I'm not a Nikki stand. number one. Number two, why do y'all always use that response when you don't have no type receipt to back any anything up? Like, any of the stuff that you're talking, you don't have no receipts to back it up. So, basically, he tried to say that Missy's Super Duper Fly, The Rain, um, was a classic... And what music, I mean, what song could match up to that? 
as a classic. I don't even have to go through Nikki's whole catalog for everybody to know that Itty Bitty Piggy is a classic. First of all, Niggas was wilding out when Soldier Boy made Dunk. And then Nikki got on the beat and created Itty Bitty Piggy. Everybody knows that song. If they play it in the club right now, I promise you, the same way if they play Missy, Get Your Freak On, or Work It in the Club Right Now, niggas gonna get geeked. And the same for Itty Bitty Piggy. They're gonna be rapping them lyrics word for word, even gonna be talking down, spitting every word that Nikki said down to the talking part. Like, picking your fruit out and all of that. Like, they're gonna be talking it. Why? Because it's a classic. That song alone shows that Nikki knows how to make a hit and that Nikki can compete in conversations like that. But what they were what they were not understanding is the fact that one Nikki and Missy are two different type artists with two different styles. Missy is a producer. Nikki is not a producer. Um, well, I don't know if you would consider her a producer being that she, you know, she pretty much has her hands on with her music, but what I, when I say producer, as in, like, she produces for other people, like, on that line of, like, Pharrell and all of them. Um, two, they both write their own music. Um, you know, they both rap, but Nikki spits better, way better than Missy. And that's not even hating on Missy. Everybody knows that Missy is not the strongest lyrically. But she's witty, and it's cool. I like it. A lot of people may not, but I like it. Again, I'm a fan of her music. But when I brought that to the nigga's attention, this man says, well, he kept telling me to name other classics. So I named the Itty Bitty Piggy. Um, I named Barbie Dreams. Um, I can't remember what else I named. Probably about four or five other songs, but that was just to name a few. And, uh, oh, I named Anaconda. And, you know, those songs that I named, I named them for a reason. Nicki made Dreams 07 and turned around and did Barbie Dreams again on um, Queen album. That was a classic. First of all, it was a classic move because everybody know Biggie's just playing. Then Nicki did it again on Playtime is Over mixtape. And turned around and did it again on Queen. Everybody realized how much noise that song made. How much people praised the song because of of what she did and why she did it. And then two, she added an extra like whole 16 to 24 bars at the end. Like, come on. That's true MC right there. Again, it's a classic. Just because you don't listen to her or you don't like her doesn't mean that it's not a classic. It's a classic. And at the end of the day, guess what? If they play it in the club, niggas is going to bop to it. At the end of the day, they cannot say that Nicki cannot match to Missy's classic. Again, we're in different eras. Nick, um, Missy just, not too long ago, dropped a little EP. None of these niggas was out here rooting for her. 
Yet, they trying to say that Nicki doesn't have any classics. So, again, the conversation got further, and this nigga came out his mind and said, I don't even listen to Missy. Okay, well, then your point is irrelevant. Moving along. We don't have time for you. Went to the next person, and he's just steady arguing about a bunch of other bull crap that didn't make any sense. But, again, none of them had any points to prove why they felt as though Nicki didn't have classics or she couldn't match against Missy. Then one of the dudes had the nerve to say that Missy was a bigger, I mean, Missy was a global star trying to make it seem like Nikki isn't a global star. Uh, first of all, and I could be wrong, but uh, I don't remember Missy being an artist that was global. That's Nikki. <laughs> and he tried to make it seem like Missy had more billboard entries um, Nikki is both of them. She's a global artist with the most billboard entries. Come on, sir. You're digging a hole deeper for yourself. You sound stupid. But again, when you have conversations like this and you're ready to downplay one woman, make sure that you have your facts, your receipts, and Stand tall behind your words. If you can't finish the argument, then your point is irrelevant. Same for the guy who said that he don't even listen to Missy. His point was irrelevant. And the guy that had the nerve to say that Remy had... Well, he's, this is how he said it. Well, I can't say exactly how he said it, but I don't remember. Well, because I don't remember, but basically he tried to say that Remy had more... Well, she could have compete with both Nikki and Missy and blow them out the water. First of all, Remy don't even have no hits other than freaking Lean Back. And that was with Fat Joe. And to be honest, you know, I guess you could call it a classic because, yeah, it did have its moment within that era. And everybody still will listen to it when it come on. However, Remy doesn't have hits. What hits can she compare to both Missy and Nikki? Two, he tried to say that Remy could beat Nikki in a lyric battle and that Papoose can rap better than a bunch of these niggas out here now. Now, you know, I can say that Papoose can rap and I feel as though he will blow a good bit of people out the water if it came to that and they had to have a rapping battle. However, nigga would have a run for his money. I'm not about to sit here and try to make it seem like he don't have a match out there because he do. And Remy being more lyrical than Nicki. And this is not even me being biased, even though I like Nicki a whole lot. But at the end of the day, I still feel like Nicki is more lyrical than Remy. Just because Remy dropped Sheether. Yes, that was a lyrical diss. Still don't care too much for the diss. And, you know, it just, we're not just, we're not even going to get into that. But however, I still feel like Nikki is more lyrical. She's more witty. She's more clever with the lines. She got punchlines for days, metaphors, etc. All of this stuff runs into being lyrical. And, you know, Remy might have the punchlines and all of this and stuff. But if you put them side by side and you go bar for bar, like, come on. Yes, yeah, she was in the battle rap scene for a hot minute or whatever the case is, but that does not mean that she's more lyrical than Nikki. And I stand on that. Um, but yeah, that's just how I felt on the whole situation. And then the next day they turned around and was like Nikki versus Young and May. Like, bruh, y'all this bored? 
find something else to do. Like, have conversations about artists, you know, being the GOATs and, you know, who would you consider the GOATs or, you know, artists that that just pretty much need their flowers. But no, y'all don't do nothing but pit people against one another. And then when it comes to situations like this, y'all be ready to cry with no receipts. I'm done with it. I'm tired of hearing about it. It's stupid. It's annoying. And y'all need to get a life. Moving along. Um, a couple of people, I would give like a little album review or song review. I heard um, Kiana Lede album today. Um, It was pretty good. I would say that it's not a bad album, but it's not a a good album. I mean, it's a good album, but it's kind of in between. And the reason why I say that is because she didn't really... I mean, she gave good songs. I'm not going to lie. She do have some good songs on there. But I'm wanting to see exactly how her voice is. Like, I I was expecting her to have a couple of ballads on there. I wanted to hear, you know, the range in her voice and, you know, just see what her voice is like. Um, But I didn't get that. And, you know, I kind of blame... I kind of blame the the generation who wants to control who does what or what they want to accept when artists drop music. But I also blame the artists for not wanting to take risks. So, yeah, I, if I had to rate her album, I would give it by the, I'd say by the, I'd give it a six and a half. I'd give it a six and a half. Um, Drake Tussie Roll. Tussie. <laughs> Tussie roll. Have you want to say it? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's not a good, it's not that good of a song. Um, me being a Drake fan, I didn't really care too much for it. Um, it probably, it probably would be one of those songs where people would run out and eventually it'll grow on you. Um, still, I don't think that it was a good song. However, I do feel as though it was a smart business move for the fact that TikTok is one of the biggest apps right now that is being used. And a lot of people is using TikTok to, you know, get through this pandemic or just for entertainment itself. And he sees that. And of course, he's going to make the business move and put that on there or drop the song for it to be, you know, a part of the challenges that happens on TikTok, which... The guy who dropped the snippet yesterday said that Drake sent him the song, you know, to make a dance or whatever the case is and go from there. And I know that a lot of people is probably like, oh, my God, Drake is out here wanting people to promote his song. He reaching for attention for the song, all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, this is what happens when the music acceptance has changed over the years. You got to understand, it's a lot of young kids. Drake already knows that this is what happens when you drop a song. You either going to drop a song and it hit, or you're going to drop a song and it miss. And he knows that if his song becomes a challenge, then he's going to get the plays. And it's going to rise on the charts. And yes, this is this is what Drake has been doing for a while. I do feel as though when it comes to music, he does get lazy. Um, but you know, when they get to that point within rap, they do get lazy. 
And you know, a lot of artists, they, they get in that lazy phase and then they always revert back to, let me let these people know who I really am. I'm just lazy at the moment. And I feel like, you know, with that, I kind of, I don't like when they do that because it's like they're holding back and you want more. But then at the same time, like I kind of understand because when you're going through music, you sometimes have to adjust to the times. And if you don't adjust with the times, you're going to fall off. You have to have a good marketing strategy, a good business strategy and all this other stuff. And I feel as though, you know, Drake has that. But I do feel as though at this point in time, at his position, he does need to jump out of that lazy stage because he's been in it for a while now. If he jumps out of that, he needs to like, you know, just I wouldn't say like redeem himself because really, to be honest, there's nothing he has to redeem He's, I mean, he's already stamped. It's, it's done. Um, but I do feel like, you know, he kind of like gets disrespected in a way, especially ever since the Pusha T um, situation. So, you know, he just kind of got to like show that he's that nigga when it comes to what he do. I mean, everybody loved what he did when he first came out. And, you know, some people, they probably still didn't. But, you know, just rap, rap again. That's what we want. Um, but yeah, I wasn't too fond of the song and that's just me. A lot of people like it, but of course, you know, with this day and age, everybody wants to create new dances. So of course this song is going to sell or rise on the charts or whatever the case is, because we do understand that this generation does have, um, power when it comes to the culture because they could control what to accept and what not to accept. And if you don't believe me and you think it's something else, I recommend you to listen to the interview on the pull-up when Joe Budden was at Russ' um, crib. And they had the interview. And he had said it before. And he's not the only one that said it, but he's the only one that's at the top of my head that I can remember has said it. Um... But you know, yeah, this this young generation does control who hears what and what is accepted. So at the end of the day, that's my take on those two um, songs that I did listen to. And this would be me wrapping up the topics that I spoke on today. However, again, if you haven't yet, go ahead to Twitter. Follow my podcast page at Delo Speaks. You can follow my personal page at Ask Me Sucker. And remember that the other podcast that I be on, um, the Vocal Agenda, you can follow that page on Twitter at Agenda Vocal. And remember that we will be transitioning to a new podcast app called Pod Beam. I mean Pod Bean, not Beam, as in like a sunbeam, but Pod Bean. Um, B-E-A-N. And, you know, we will be trying or testing out this live podcast thing where you can interact or call in or leave live comments or whatever the case is. So stay tuned for that, of course. But most importantly, follow those pages so that you can stay in tune at Delo Speaks on Twitter and at Agenda Vocal. And I want to thank y'all for listening to another episode of Delo Speaks.